because if you haven't seen fucking Predators, like it, it's incredible. Because uh, one, it's like yeah, Adria Brody's your lead, which go for Grace in that. Well, thank you for. I mean, also fuck you for for getting ahead of ourselves because that's oh. that's the that's the cherry on top, Bubby. Is <laughs> like it's it's a Predator movie where like they reboot it. Like just talk premise, premise. All right, mm-hmm. people wake up. And they're literally falling from the fucking sky. That's scene one, dude. Okay. That's how they wake up is they're falling. They're falling from the fucking sky into the jungle. Okay. Right. Uh, Like I think maybe, or they don't either way, they get dropped from enough that they wake up uh, inception rules and, and uh, then they hit the ground and maybe some of them die. Anyway, the point is immediately you're introduced to like Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody, as we know, it has a slender frame, but in this movie, the guy went to work, okay? Homie yeah. beefed up, put on maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle. He doesn't look that much more ripped than usual. <laughs> That's him after like five straight months in the gym, professional trainers and dietitians. Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's, he's no Christian Bale. Let's just throw that out there. Uh, yeah, well, but- I'm pretty sure that a lot of those Hollywood dudes are just taking steroids, man. Do you really think so? Why? That makes sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, like when you look at like the dramatic weight loss and then gains that, like, say Christian Bale made, like, even with like a professional guiding him along, like, it's fucking ridiculous. It goes from the Machinist to Batman Begins, or was it the other way around? No, 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 no. Machinist then the Batman Begins, and he had to gain like twenty pounds or thirty pounds, of, or was it like forty pounds of regular weight and then twenty yeah. pounds of muscle within four months? And he did that in a few months' time. Yeah, it's nuts. Any like you know chemical assistant? I don't buy it. that's one of those like oh your heroes like you remember hearing that story when you were young it's like watching rocky five again as an adult you're like what the climax is a fucking alley fight what like because as a kid all the rocky movies were amazing because all i needed was the music to swell and me being like fuck rocky's doing it again man but then you see it with adult eyes we're legit like the hangover movies of that time man it was just the same plot again and again but you didn't care because of that that soundtrack and Balboa right. and the montages and that's all you really needed because if you go through the rocky franchise and we'll eventually circle back to predators because i think rocky balboa predators is the next logical step for both franchises uh oh, but sure. like the rocky thing it's like rocky one which is the fucking masterpiece of the series no matter what right uh yeah. it's great it's an underdog tale blah 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 the second movie rocky four though he solves the cold war well, and, and, but that's the thing like that's not better than one he solves nothing in one he ties well he loses even like that's the whole point he loses but he proves something to himself it's the beauty but, but, but my point though is like rocky one starts off as this like beautiful kind of like oh shit we're going to like see yeah, no, a man rocky who's one is amazing and, and it also captures like a side of philly at that time that you know not a lot of movies had and it's just uh it's so specific and wonderfully written I'm not even talking shit about four because I legitimately know people who will make a case for four. I think they're nuts, but it's a lot of the reason that you're saying. And, and so my point is like the first movie is a very personal like story. It's very underdogish in all the right ways. Um, probably why I won the Oscar, to be honest. I feel like there were better movies that year. If I'm being honest, I got to go back and think. I think that's Taxi Driver year. Or maybe I'm fucking that up. But um in any case, it's like that. That was like the 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 beautiful fucking the little choo choo train that could. Rocky two is basically Rocky one, except that like now people know him, uh, and at the end Adrian isn't there, so the emotional victory isn't quite there. Third movie, Mr. T shows up. I think he plays some guy named Thunder Lips or something. Thunder Thighs. I don't remember what happened there. Yeah, I mean, that could have been Hulk Hogan. Who knows? I don't remember. Oh no, he was Clubber Lang. He's Clubber Lang in Rocky three. There we Lang. go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Hulk Hogan plays Thunder Bitch. That's fine. I, I feel like we really do need to circle back to our, our greatest shame ever here because this does tie in directly to one of the worst I've ever felt when interacting with a homeless person. <laughs> oh, no. God, are we going to tell this story? I mean, we, we can't have this podcast, which is all autobiographical. And, and confessional, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Like, basically, I had just driven. I was moving to New York. And I had stopped by in Philly, I think, was, isn't that what was going on? It's like right. I had a few days before I was going to move into where I was going to move into. Uh, so I stopped by Philly to see my good friend Christian. Um, went on a little Philly tour, tour of the city of Philly. And of course, we ended up at uh, the Philadelphia, isn't that Museum of Art? 
Right. To be fair, I took you there because it was the Museum of Art, <laughs> not right. because the Rocky statue. But conveniently, I see the Rocky statue. I beeline towards that. Dash <laughs> <those> <laughs> Monet, fuck him, Balboa. It's the only one I give a shit about. Um, I really, really wanted to run up those steps, by the way. But while we were walking there, you were you were like talking about like, look at all these chodes running up those steps. Like me and my friend Ben, we 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 were just making fun of people doing that, and I, was, I just like my heart just sank in my. Well, chest. listen, I don't want to take that away from you. You know what? Like that is that is such a hipster kind of bullshit thing to do. I guess do whatever you want, but I just know. You know, it's not an affectation. I, I just wanted, you know, with childlike joy and wonder, I wanted to legitimately experience what Balboa experienced on that historic day. In that do you really want to do that? Hold on, man, because I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but someone mapped that fucking oh, route. Fucking ridiculous, right? It, uh, one, it doesn't make sense. It's like it's like when Danny is riding the tricycle in The Shining. Like, like he goes down a, a turn. It's an impossible left. How did he do that? Right. Like, like seriously, there's he's in South Philly, and then suddenly he's in Kensington, and then suddenly he's in Strawberry Mansion, and suddenly he's in West Philly, and so, like it just makes right. no fucking sense. Uh, so if you really want to do that, do that, and then somehow, even though you're in West Philadelphia, end up right where we were walking mm-hmm. to the museum of art because that's literally the turn he makes so and, and it's 22 miles so if you want to do 22 miles all before the sun comes up i think i forget that i think i could pull that off get a whole city behind you what's your favorite rocky montage i mean honestly the one that sticks out to me is rocky four you know <laughs> because like you know dolph lundgren he's all in a lab and stuff and he's getting right. Steroids and he's in a climate controlled environment. But Rocky, where's Rocky? No, he's out in the snow. He's lifting up tires and fucking logs and shit. He's running in <laughs> knee deep snow, you know? Do you think Stallone. The, he's a tough one. Do you, do you, do you think like, Stallone worked backwards from the montage? It, it, it did at some point seem like Rocky was working backwards from the much montage. Like Brad Pitt works backwards from the hair. <laughs> everyone has their method all right <laughs> like and, and who are we this movie is that he defeats the russians by being tougher than them the story of this movie is that he defeats mr <laughs> e by being tougher than him it's like it's just the same shit well it's a white savior movie but it's okay because the other people are white so it's fine i guess <laughs> think about it i mean it's like it's a rocky goes I'm in there yeah could it be like the, it's certainly not the original one but is it the most like disrespectful one? right he's just wearing american flag shorts and somehow he well, gets like russians to chant usa usa right. well the emotional tie there is he wasn't wearing those shorts he, he's, he's not a man who believes in country you know what i mean like he was wearing them because apollo was murdered by this guy like there was an right. emotional connection he's not a political him. guy he's just he cares about his friends do you hear how much fucking depth there is to be talked about that statue was there for a reason you were telling a story about how he we went to the statue i'm really sorry i just like it oh, is no, a it is fine. such a shameful if moment you want to finish this up i, I got us to the statue now like what, what happened <laughs> Uh, I mean, so we get to the statue and there's a guy clearly taking people's phones and taking pictures uh, of them. Like, like not trying to be an asshole, I guess, but just trying to be helpful. Oh, everyone wants to get a picture with the Rocky statue. Why don't you both do it? So, I mean, you go and I'm purposely like faking a phone call or something just so I, because I know his game. All right. Like I've been in Philly and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just have, I want nothing to do with this. And somehow he like ropes at you like. And then and then he fucked up. He thought I was you, right? He was like, "Hey, Max." <laughs> You're like, "No, no, I'm Max. <laughs> He's Christian." Hey, Christian, and I'm like, "All right, bye, fake person on the goddamn phone, whatever." Uh, so then we take pictures at his behest. Now raise your hands. He's like <laughs> making us to model yeah, the like, shit raise or whatever. Our hands up like Rocky the statue. I still got those pictures. He took like forty fucking pictures. He really yeah. earned his his keep, his money, his his, his share for the day. Uh, to which he's yeah. like, you got any money? I'm like, dude, I have nothing. But like, you know, can I go buy you? Some- I'll buy you something. No problem. And he's mm-hmm. like, the nearest store is this thing that's across like four lanes of, of, of traffic and is like a little hotel lobby that sells shit. 
and and he's like i'll come with you i'm like oh don't worry about it your wife's over there we saw his wife walk back at some point we're like we'll just we'll meet up with her we'll give it to her and we walk and we walk <laughs> and i try to remember like at what point did we decide to bail like he was we were clearly still in eyesight like he had to have looked right. and been like those motherfuckers well we took the most circuitous fucking path and we just kept looking over our shoulders you know just <laughs> we were hoping that at some point he would leave our line of vision so in theory much like kids with object impermanence he could not yeah see i feel us. like we decided without words that we were not buying this dude anything <laughs> like i don't even think it was something that was explicitly discussed it's just later on as we were walking you know in the harsh philadelphia sun that we were like yeah you think we lost him can I ask you a question? Like, I, cause I want to, I want to diagnose that in, in a way, because it's like, you've been with me plenty of other times. Like I'm, I'm like charitable to a fault. If I have something, I'm always like willing to give it. Right. Yeah. B- but is that a matter of like my charity, which I, I hate to say that cause charity is like really reductive, but like me giving something, is that like of convenience? Oh yeah. Here's a dollar. Cause I have it. If I am right. forced to do any amount of work, <laughs> like well, I'm immediately I think out. That that's what we justified it. Like that's how we justified it. Cause neither of us had cash on us. And we were like, we're not going to go through the trouble, like going to an ATM, buying right. something, whatever, and then going all the way back. And what if he's not there? And it's like, we wasted all that steps. Let's just, let's just keep walking, dude. Right, right. Yeah. I think, I still think You're we're right the good guys in this story. I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man was accosting people who were just walking by a statue and forced them to take pictures. You know? Right. And that, that, that is the thing is that like, you know, we didn't ask him to do that. You know, like he, he sort of like just elbowed his way into my field of vision i just wanted to look at the rocky statue you know i didn't want well, I think to i've told you this when i went to italy i went to the spanish steps i think i said it in the podcast but like there are people who just like take your picture and shit like oh let me take a picture of you they grab your phone and then take a picture on it right. and then give you like a rose and then demand like 15 bucks but they don't tell you that until afterwards so then like some other guy saw that it just happened then he tried to give dolores a flower and then mm-hmm. and then try to get like another 20 bucks and i'm like you do it once you're a fucking rube man like that's where they get yeah. you a lot a lot of people be scamming man I, when i was in seattle and i know it's a thing in new york too like dudes who are dressed like monks with the orange robes and the shaved head will come up to you and like give you a, a prayer card and like some rosary beads and they're like now give me 20 dollars," and i'll mm-hmm. be like i'm sorry uh no i'm good and then i'll just like hand him back the shit and he's like uh, just give me 20 you can go to an atm come back okay just give me the 20 like these people are not affiliated with any religion by the way this is just a fucking scam they're just running around in their orange robes you know what's really like here's the thing it's like much like the christians who are doing wrong by christ's name there are people going out there committing crimes in the name of buddha i literally i was thinking this and this is not me like oh where am i at but uh like since i moved here like i've, I've really tried to like change a lot of things i've been eating better i'm definitely walking a lot more like i have a lot of exercise we were talking about that before also just trying not to get into shit with people online like i'm really trying to live up to yeah, the- i was gonna ask you how that's going because you said in a previous podcast like you know this uh, 2020 is the year of you know y- you being a better a better christian right yeah not a yeah christian. yeah right <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's going well. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I just see a lot of times where like there's bait and I want to say something and I'm like, this will add absolutely nothing to my mental health and that's all I care about. All I care about. Like, this is going to tie into like the uh, like the Kobe Bryant thing. It's just like all mm-hmm. I care about is like maximizing the amount of time I'm doing the things I need to be doing. Like right. putting in that fucking work, dude. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's definitely been going much better and I'm, I'm happy about that. But wait, I was I was ramping up to something and I forgot what I was. Oh, no, okay. We talking, when we were talking about predators, we should. Well, we will get back to predators and Buddha. That's going to be the real like crossover. Two minutes from now. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I mean, like, I'm sitting there being like, I'm, I'm like, oh, California sun, oh, new wave, hip, whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like I'm trying to find more peace and I'm trying to do the things that bring me joy way more than going out and doing any of that. I'm like not drinking as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a, and that's, and that's not like, Oh, I was drinking too much. It's just like, I'm, I'm choosing my, like, this is fun, but this is a distraction from what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've actually like not had a drink since new year's, not like deliberately, but it's starting to like snowball into that where it's just like, I mean, I could you're fine. Yeah. Beer, you're, you're, fine. you're totally like, fine. It's like honestly, sugar. Like you I, detox a little and you feel much better. 
yeah, I do legitimately feel better every day. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep this going. This is but, but so my point is like, I'm, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm exercising. I'm looking better, you know, all that shit. And then I was thinking like, okay, like what's the next like spiritual thing? Like what do people do? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I feel like I'm not in search of any answers, right? I'm, I'm very scientific and, I, and I'm fine dying a man of science or whatever. But I think yeah. that there are these weird things. So I started to think like Buddhism, man, not because I want to become a Buddhist. But what I'm saying is like what I like about that compared to all the other ones for the most part is it's not selling some afterlife. It's literally just a way to be a better person while you're here. And I wondered in the long scope of human history, because even though these religions are ancient to us in the, the history books, at blink of an eye, I wonder right. if Buddhism wins out overall you know what i mean like fifty thousand, sixty thousand years from now i wonder what the statistics are you know you think buddhism is going to be the one that that sticks around well i think i well i don't think it's necessarily the numbers certainly don't say that right it's islam and it's christianity those are the two biggies but what i do believe is that like i think when i think as we get more secular right people are certainly getting away from being religious at all and you hear yeah. people say oh i'm spiritual Right. And we always used to make fun of that. But like, there is something to be said about that. Like you feel kinship with you go outside, you feel the sun on you, right? Like you're, right. you're experiencing this thing. You look up at the moon, you're experiencing this thing that's built into our fucking brains from beyond evolution and shit like that. I think it's right. really pretty. Like, like bit by a mosquito or stung by a wasp and you're like, fuck nature. God damn it. Right. Well, I mean, like, obviously those, those are bad things, but, but that's all in nature with good and bad. We think of things in light and darkness and shit like right. that. What I think about is like, Buddhist just getting stung by bees and you're just like, yeah, it's, like it's fine. He has to. I mean, my thing is I'm not going to get stung by a bee. A bee's not going to fuck with me. I don't fuck with bees. I haven't been stung by a bee since I was a kid. You know why? I was I mean, dumb I, as a I child. People who get stung by bees aren't deliberately fucking with bees, you know, except for Macaulay Culkin and my girl, you know. But that's right, cool. right. And he deserved fucking death. Yeah. I don't give a shit what people say about that. That's a 30-year-old reference. I'm glad we're staying current. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody remembers that classic. Right, film. right. With uh, Anna Chomsky and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is like, I think as we get more secular, do you think Buddhism will win out? Because again, Buddhism is the one not preaching. Buddhism is just saying like, there are ways to feel enlightened and to bring and to make your world a better place, which I know is the tenet of all of them, but they get wrapped up in the messiahs and the Vishnus and the people who are otherworldly as right. opposed to the people who did shit like like because the buddha thing like and maybe it's because we were raised with american standards of buddha fat buddha and shit like that so when you learn about siddhartha when you learn about like real right. buddha you're not like fat at all. not fat and the whole idea of fasting for 40 days which people can do it's been done since you know what i mean but it's just like it's not this thing that is so it's not resurrection you know even though they believe in resurrection uh, it, it's not this beyond belief lie that you have to believe. It's just this really pretty way of living. And I just wonder if like, as we get more right. secular, does that win? Is that idealistic? Just the, the middle way. I mean, it feels like a way like lower effort religion than any of the other ones, which is pretty cool. You know, it's just like about finding that moderation, you know, cause like the whole story with the Siddhartha and everything is that he was a prince and he was sheltered, and then one day he took a, a tour of the streets of India, some city in India, was like Bombay maybe, I don't know, and just saw like all this suffering and pain and whatever, and he was like, and oh death. my God, I'm a sheltered yeah. rich kid. Well, he'd never uh, seen death before, which right. was the other big thing. That was his mortality, yeah. He became an ascetic, you know, he gave up eating and all earthly pleasures and flogged himself, and he's like, this fucking sucks. Maybe I should find a middle ground between suffering and being a goddamn prince who's super rich. Right. And, uh, and then he became the Buddha we know and love, minus all the, you know, body. Yeah, the, the dysmorphia of Buddha <laughs> that the West prevails, man. Morbidly. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, and that's the thing. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's a really interesting concept. And I, I, I'm not saying this. I have, I've never read a fucking Buddhist text, none of that stuff. Um, but I do find it just genuinely interesting that it's the one that it like doesn't seem to be true. I mean, I, I went to Buddhist service when I was in the army just because they had tea and you got to sit in the dark for 40 minutes and meditate, which was pretty cool. Right. But see, I, I mean, that's the thing about that in and of itself. It's a tenant of hey meditate and spend time with yourself for 40 minutes and clear your thoughts as opposed to like it was legitimately relaxing like it was great because that was a high stress environment anyway and to be able to go and like just sit in the dark and just right. fucking like, breathe and just concentrate on that 
I want to be clear. Like I, I think I've, I've said this before on the podcast too. The the most I've ever felt quote unquote God in a room is I went to the uh, Islamic society for one of their big holidays. Right. Um, and I was on there for a class assignment. I was in world religions in college. And so you, we had to go to a service and we went to the service and it was this really like, Holy shit. I mean, I'm not a believer, but I, you feel this community and you feel this thing. Right. But at the same time, it's in service to something else. While I think it's a beautiful ceremony, it's still in service to a higher power where Buddhism, again, is just like, you are this thing. And I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, Christian's going to be a Buddhist next week. I'm going to have a top monk right. and shit like that. I'm I mean, just there's, saying. There's probably like a lot of dogma attached with Buddhism that we don't know about, like any organized religion. There's probably some shitty parts to it, you know, like they hate the gays or something, maybe. I don't know. Right. Who, who's to say? But, Let's but put a microphone in the Dalai Lama's one. <laughs> like, tell me now your stance on gays. He's accessible. He ain't in Tibet anymore. You know, like we can get him. That's- we can get him get that guy <laughs> anyway so falling out of the sky is the dalai lama siddhartha guantana uh and predators everywhere you know what i mean oh and adrian brody he's there too um uh no, do you want to circle back to predators really quick by the way because the whole point by the way i'll just speed through it uh as we get off of our buddhism uh, question uh, is that he wakes up and Danny Trejo is there and I think like Olivia Munn for some reason. Anyway, all these people are there and you realize that they've killed people on Earth or yeah. something and so they've, they're put here and, they, and they're all being stalked by the predators but then you really find out at the very 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 end that Topher Grace was well like I, 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 that would be more interesting but he's just the bad like he guy. He just the whole peels time. off his Topher Grace skin, and he's just a fucking predator somehow. Dude, I that would make a much better That'd movie. Be a good movie. It'd make I a way better movie, dude. Seriously. Um, what do you yeah, I don't know. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. What do you find out about Topher though? I, I mean, you just find out he's the bad guy the whole time, and you're like the ineffectual one, <laughs> like like Eddie Brock, but but he was somehow the worst part of the movie. I don't know. It just it was a weird. <laughs> uh i mean i have i don't know it was a whole fucking thing for me i i it's not bad but it's not good predator 2 obviously the high mark of the predator series in my opinion i mean i've never seen it but i like predator 1 predator 1's pretty lit yeah but predator 2 is better you know why why concrete jungle you know why danny why? glover oh danny glover's in there huh danny glover is the lead Oh my god! Just playing Arnold like a Schwarzenegger to to Danny Glover. Right. I think I've said this on, again. This is just an episode of me saying shit again. But I, there was this one. If you go and you look at uh, at 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 fucking, I think Gary Busey is also in Predator Two. <laughs> just really solidifying. Is it, it pre or post traumatic brain injury that turned him into? I, I think I think it's pre. And my reason for saying this is like I wanted to make a mashup of Lethal Weapon One and Predator Two because Gary Busey is also in Lethal Weapon One, if I'm not mistaken, as like the bad guy, sort of. Yeah, I've actually never seen any Lethal Weapons all the way through. What? Dude, Lethal Weapon yeah. 4, though? That's the one, dude. Is that? Yo, it's, the, it's, it's my favorite. Those? It's my favorite for sure. What about it? What's your question? Joe Pesci's Is in it, it. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Isn't Pesci in there? Just yeah, man. Pesci. Joe Pesci plays Leo, a private eye, who used to be a criminal in the second film, but he turns and he becomes a good guy, and he's the ne'er-do-well of mm. the of the but then chris rocks in it jet lee's american debut is in fucking like the expendables before the expendables yeah basically does danny glover in any of the expendables because that's the casual racism of the action franchise like this man was in shit why not include him (laughs) i don't think i don't think he was but he might have been on it (laughs) this man was in shit He he was too old uh for this shit back then I can't imagine now, you know. It's I'm like, sorry. I'm really pleased with that, <laughs> like reasoning. <laughs> he was in shit. Put him in. I mean, he was lead the weapon. So if you're gonna put Mel Gibson in that movie, which they ended up doing, right? Like, why not? What else did Mel Gibson do that was so action oriented? This guy is working. I mean, not as much, but like in you know, he's eighty, past, right? Past decade, dudes made like thirty fucking movies. It's kind of crazy. Good for him. Lethal Weapon, The Color Purple, action films, you know? like Jumanji 2, or 3, I guess. Jumanji, the next level. Damn, dude. Yeah. Do you want to get our hands on that property? No. 
No, <laughs> like Jumanji, I think has had it today. It now, had its day in the first one, it was fine. Sathura, though. <laughs> we can do that space Jumanji movie. <laughs> oh, space Jumanji, Sathura. Yeah, Why can't we can... just call it Space Jumanji? You know how much better that movie would have done, like, <laughs> like easily. Space Jumanji. You're talking shit, but think about any game that did the expansion that gave you like a sci-fi bet or like a zombie bet. You're like, fuck, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they just find the board game and it says Space Jumanji. <laughs> What's it like? I assume it's like that Jumanji game, which if you remember, sucked those kids and came into the world and mm-hmm. let's probably not play it. And like they turn and he's already rolling the dice. It's like, fuck, <laughs> like, they're in space. None of them have uh, spacesuits. They immediately suffocate and spaghettify. Well, it's a three-minute short. It would be a different film, yeah. And then just ninety minutes of black screen. And I crash. pitched it as a ninety-minute like sci-fi tentpole, but mm-hmm. I got the budget of a ninety-minute indie film. So, so really, we got twenty seconds. Just the whole movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The the event, the like going into the game, the spaghettify, <laughs> <So>, dead, <laughs> like. So then the audience just pays to see the trailer on the big screen full price. I don't, I mean, literally, because it would have to be one of those trailers where like they're just playing the entire scene of something. You've seen that before, like the, like uh, it too. It too's yeah. fucking first trailer was just that entire like creepy ass scene of the, of the mm-hmm. old lady. Uh, and it would be just yeah. like that. We would see kids. It gets a lot be- less creepy that scene in the movie. Like, yeah. Why? Kind of- yeah. Cause it's funny. It becomes a comedy at some point. Well, you see her just scampering in the background, but she's naked. She goes, right. It's like not as creepy anymore. It's just like goofy. (laughs) Like this movie's. It reminded me of the Shyamalan movie, The Visit, where he's like, I'm visiting here. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'm visiting here. (laughs) The whole movie was about that. Pops in for (laughs) once. It's about a visit. I'm visiting here. We blew the entire budget on Dustin's one day on set, but uh, I think it really comes through in the final product. <laughs> Listen, when you have an old pro like Dustin Hoffman on the set, you know, the experience alone is going to pay dividends. You know, everyone grew up. Every, if this was an RPG, just by having him on your crew, like everyone yeah, grew. It's like, granted, we have to increase our sexual harassment insurance, but it's fine. Uh, it's also probably not that expensive because, you know, we still live in a horrible world where we don't have to pay that out too much. We live in a world where Hollywood just supports that. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. All right, fuck it. Let's cast Louis too. Let's get him in here. Um, yeah, you really, really moved into the old uh, lion's den, you know, uh, wolf's, wolf's den. For what, me too? <laughs> you're, you're just, yeah. You're in the in the fucking epicenter of Me Too, man. You're at the hellmouth of Me Too. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it just attracts sexual predators. <laughs> That's a way better reboot than the one they're trying to make right now. <laughs> like, think oh, about yeah. that. Like, hold on, because it's like, yeah, you saw me do vampires, and I want. By the way, we're in nostalgic culture, so let's just totally bring Sarah Michelle Gellar back to this. <laughs> you saw me on vampires and monsters and other puppet-based things. Wait, that's Angel whatever uh watch angel it's a great show uh but now <laughs> it's just like her looking on a computer screen finding all the pedophiles and um, oh, okay so so it's sort of know. like my my chucky doll script where like chucky in this script i wrote a spec script kind of or i'm working on it where chucky infects every doll on earth and kills every single human being on earth and then realizes that he has no one left to kill and he's really upset about it. And I'm not going to spoil where it goes from there. But this is a situation where she's killed every vampire, every demon. And she's mm-hmm. like, who am I going to kill now? Because she's got to kill somebody. She's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So she just starts killing sexual predators. Right. And she has, like, kids and stuff, right? Like, so she finds out that her neighbor's a sexual predator. And then she's out mm-hmm. killing she's him right next door to everyone. Her kid comes out. Mom, what are you doing? And he's like, just taking out the trash, honey. And then she, like, breaks his neck or something. Like, right. But she has to like dispose of the bodies because it's not like a fun vampire show where they disintegrate into a cloud of smoke or whatever. It's just <laughs> just a dead body. Now right. And I also want to say like I do want to occasionally like that. Is it a better show? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> is it a better show if for no other reason than just the convenience of the plot that the bodies do poof and disappear? <laughs> like, is that would be amazing? <laughs> I'm a sexual predator. You just like. <laughs> become non-corporeal i knew it vampire <laughs> secretly <laughs> oh you're just a vampire 
It just so happens that she never crosses the line. She always. We thought they were gone, but they were just hiding. (laughs) She's just name checking sexual predators. Like she finds Kevin Spacey, and it's like played by some character actor. house. You wouldn't want them to play themselves. You can make it seem like it's a uh, my idea to fix it. Spacey is crazy enough that he would play himself. Like he keeps bringing back Frank Underwood to address his sexual uh, deviancy trials or whatever. Oh yeah, how was the sequel? I didn't see it. I never saw it because I don't want to give that guy views. He's just fucking creeping me out at this point, man. Uh, Someone, this is gonna get really weird. Kill himself, killed himself. I know that's dark, but. That's what I said. I said that I thought that's what was going to happen. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Someone said this the other day, and I, like, I, 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 you know, I'm really, you know, let's not even go here. <laughs> let's not even, look. you know, every now and then, like for me to recognize the pitfall, I would need some, some uh, Christian Cali. Cali Christian is really happening. Calm Chris 2020 <laughs> is really Calm like, Chris. <laughs> he's like, let's not wait into those treacherous waters if we you can help it. yourself Chris is so weird to me, by the way. Calm Chris 2020. It's never Chris without the calm. You know what I mean? Right. It's like yeah. the rap name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, DJ by the way. Wait, what'd you say? DJ Calm Chris. DJ Calm Chris, right? And it's just me. Like everyone's losing their shit, but I'm just pressing a button, chilling. I'm calm. I'm nonchalant. They're screaming my name. They're throwing dollar bills in my face. I'm like. Did anyone want to meditate? <laughs> I meditate. They're throwing fucking dollars, coins, and shit. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway, sorry, sorry. We went all over the world. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where I gotta tell you, man. Sorry, mom. I think I got too high for this episode. I think. I think. I... We have not like followed one single train of thought from point A to point B. Like we've eventually gotten to B, but we've taken like fifteen side detours that need their own work your way to B. Like this is the you most- always tell me when I come in with a list that sometimes it's too regimented. I said I had literally nothing to talk about. No, I'm loving it. I'm not talking shit. I think this is uh, this is the direction we need to go in. You know, just formless and confused and upsetting. And occasionally touch on sexual assault. How do you feel about this uh, virus thing that's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Christian Dore as the master of the transition. (laughs) It's like a fucking lead balloon, man. Um, Yeah, no, it's great, man. I love it. (laughs) Can I just say, I saw in your eyes when I said that question, it was like the guy on the night of the Titanic, like, turn it all the way. (laughs) I know it'll be a fun topic. Coronavirus. Like, I mean, the low-hanging fruit here is like, what's next? Cause virus? Michelob Ultra Light virus? Yeah. Well, but it's, uh, I think it's going to be not a big deal. Contagion is very underrated. Me and Dolores were talking about it the other day, and it's become it's the getting very rated now. Yeah, I was I gonna say because that. people, yeah. it's the number. It's like top ten on iTunes right now, and like a bunch of other rental sites and shit. So I think it's like crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's, um, I mean, it's good if you haven't seen it. Uh, check it out because you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow is in it for like only a minute or two. Do you and remember? And, the, and again, like you, you know this. I'm, I'm not saying that we're like the best feminist dudes ever. Obviously, we have our pitfalls and shit like that. But like generally speaking, I think we're on the right side of things. Do you remember? And this is so it's not a it's not a sexist thing. Do you remember how much I fucking was like I'm not watching that fucking movie because Gwyneth Paltrow's in it and I refuse. I fucking refuse. I hate her so much. I love that uh, full minute of preamble where you're like, look, you know, I'm not the best, but you know, I'm definitely like a feminist. But and I wasted that preamble on a Gwyneth Paltrow, someone who was so yeah. reasonably hated that you're like, yeah, no one's like, gonna give me by, shit. For by almost everybody. <laughs> like this goop shit is out of control. Have you seen this shit? No, I haven't. You, I, this the, the, by the way, this is for the third time. For the third time on our show. Vagina. Okay. Uh, Look up the poster. I'm serious. I'm good. I was going to say for the third time on this show, you have given us a goop update. Yeah, she also made a candle um, called This Smells Like My Vagina. Have okay. you not heard about this? No. Yeah, she's getting out of control. Maybe that's a cry for help, though. <laughs> maybe she's like please anyone for somebody to stop her she's like i know this will be the time this is going to be the thing that where everybody says enough is enough 
Gwyneth Paltrow sleeps with her goddamn windows and doors unlocked, waiting for someone to put her out of her misery, and no one does. Apparently in her new Netflix show, which is, you know, just uh, full of irresponsible medical advice, there's an episode where she recommends bloodletting, just bleeding to feel better because it makes you feel lightheaded and better and gets the toxins out. So you just gotta... It, it definitely seems like we're heading that direction, right? Like where back into snake oil salesmen, but they look like Gwyneth Paltrow. They look like Instagram influencers. Here's the thing. The, the, what's her name? Mary Kundo or something like the, the lady who was like, throw your books away. Yeah. Sorry. But the lady who was like, throw books away and everyone was like, fuck this fucking troll. And she didn't even really yeah. say that or something. I don't know. The point is, uh, people yeah, went, did. well, but she's not bringing you joy. Isn't that what she said? It has to spark joy. That lady, I watched like the first 10 minutes of her show and it felt so culty and creepy to me that like I just, I couldn't do it. And I respect what she's saying up to a point because she's all about that minimalist movement. Only, you know, like have things around you that spark joy is what she says. And like, you know, just just uh, don't surround yourself with like material objects because that's really just going to weigh you down. You know, just live simply. And, and greet well, life with simplicity. Let me connect a dot. Thought, but the first 10 minutes of that show, she like does a little circle around the house, like literally spins in a circle and then like kneels down and like looks like she's praying or something. And she's like just looking for her joy. And I was just like, I can't do this, man. So he's mm. creeping me out. Well, let me connect a dot. Let me connect a dot, which is to say that like if Buddhism isn't selling a, uh, a, a afterlife or anything like that, Mm-hmm. Isn't it just a cult that got big enough to to be called a religion? Sort of like Scientology. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm not. And by the way, before the letters get written, I'm not saying Buddhism and Scientology are, uh, are letters get written. <laughs> <laughs> I live in 1956, where a well planned letter writing campaign made the difference. Max, right? Get well, on, get on my level. In reality, where our podcast is big enough that people would be writing letters in. For all the, you know, we've I said mean, enough controversial shit and have gotten zero blowback so right. far. Yeah, because I think everyone knows we're joking. At that point, it didn't set like there was no punchline. I was just like, you know, Buddhism's kind of like Scientology. You're like, whoa, like walk your way out of this one. No, nah, I mean, most religion, it's like a cult that got popular. You know, I just watched the two popes. And I was just thinking, like, man, they go through a lot of weird rituals for no reason in the papacy. Um, why are there so many Pope related projects? Cause we got that, uh, like the new Pope, yep. the young Pope, the two Popes. The two popes. Yep. Any other projects you can think of? I mean, those? those are a lot of po- like for for think about this. For the first twenty seven years of my life, there was nothing about a pope there was ever. No pope related <laughs> at all. Like we were all living in pope ignorance. It was great. And, and then now, three three fucking projects like this close to each other. Back. Yeah, I'm it's interesting. Are you? Is it? Is it? Is it interesting, Max? It's like yeah, how much how much ground can they cover? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a decent amount of ground there, man. A lot of history. With I watched folks. the young Pope, and he's like, he's young, he's sexy, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Like, yeah. and I was like, it's pretty. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Really no characters. <laughs> he doesn't do what he's supposed. To. No, he doesn't. No character has to say it, Max, because everything about that fucking show says it for it. Like, it's just like, oh, he's young. Oh, my God, how young he is. Why did they pick him? He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Uh, I don't agree with this decision, Pope. I mean, that's the whole fucking show. What are you talking about? I feel like that's a little reductive. Just a little you're, bit. you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you're defending an institution you don't even believe in. <laughs> Not even fin- I, I just like that show. It's a good show. You know, it was it was it was coming around at a time where we needed it. You know, it was a show about a fascist pope, you know, okay. played by Jude Law at right. a time when fascism was on the rise worldwide. And it's like, what if the, the papacy got all fascist too? It'd be fucking crazy. I'm like this liberal scumbag Pope Francis, more like Pope Karl Marx, am I right? I wanted you to fuck that out, but like Groucho Marx or something. But like, yeah, yeah, Pope, which might have been a scenario that nobody will be able to. Uh... He's beloved. Say what you want. But... 
He's a beloved figure. We will be able Wait. to control him. Is he Jewish? Oh, roadblock. They run into He's a roadblock. The perfect pope crime. The, per- the first Jewish pope ever, Groucho Marx. We can make it happen, probably. I mean, he's dead. No, time travel, easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can make it happen. Listen, H.G. Uh, Wells wrote that fucking book like 140 years ago, man. We're, we're like, it's tomorrow, I think, man. Like, with instructions. This is how you travel through time. And somehow nobody's picked up the ball and like actually made it happen. It's like, what's going on, guys? Yeah, well, lazy. You know, they don't make them like they used to. H.G. Wells. Yeah, we, we're just not up to it. We just couldn't get it. We haven't gotten around to it yet. Well, have you ever heard about the thing that like, like uh, about lost generations within generations? I'm not talking about like lost aboriginal generations where they took the kids and killed or sterilized Puerto Ricans and shit. Uh, mm. I'm talking about like when the AIDS crisis happened in the mid 80s, right? That an entire generation of talent on Broadway and all over the country, obviously, but like they was, you know, the, the big epicenters hit first. Um, like entire generations of people were lost you know, mm-hmm. performers and art costume designers and choreographers and all that shit, right? In the same way that they said that England lost so many men as a result of World War II, that those great intellectuals, those great thinkers, they didn't get them. That's why we have fucking Boris Johnson now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just making a point that, like, do you, do you think there is something to be said about that? Or do you think it's like, no, the expectations? Again, in that parallel... Like in England, I don't think there was a choice. I believe it was mass conscription, right? Like if you were able-bodied, you were going to fight very, I mean, everyone wanted to fight in World War II in in the States, but I think it was the same thing. Like if you were able-bodied, you went, you fought, you know what I mean? Right. I don't think we lost nearly as many men. We weren't as as involved for as long. Oh, the U.S.? Yeah, like, I mean, trust me, we have our Trumps now. I'm not saying we've done much better, but we just had Obama, you know? Like, like David Cameron wasn't Obama, uh... Uh, so, so is that how you're measuring, like, you know, the the impact of like past wars is like, you know, who we had in office? I'm just trying to. Imp- well, I get. Is that a fucked up way to do it? Probably. <laughs> like, but I'm just saying we, that, like, we still got old old Trump Trumpy. Yeah, we have Trumpy, but but we can trace that with our racist past and this thing that we've, as a nation, we were born with an original sin, right? We had slavery right. as a nation, and we said all men are created equal. I think You're Thomas Jefferson Great Britain would have, you know, some like really dope prime minister right now if it weren't for World War II. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think that like they had great thinkers who put such an emphasis on education on, on like, you know, like Churchill was, uh, look, I don't know Your about the sexual stuff. Broadway would have like way better shows than like, you know, fucking music man revival for the fifth time starring Hugh Grant. I would say that I think that's why you're hearing about Broadway way more. And it's not just because now it's on your map because you're in New York, right? Hamilton, you heard about outside of New York City. We're starting to get back to the point now that we, that we have, we're, we're getting great shows again because I think there was a lull in the 90s. When Cats right. is the coolest thing and Phantom of the Opera is the coolest thing, I think we fucked up, man. You know, like... Weber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Dice Clay, I think I said one time. It's, it's not, not to sidetrack us too much. I've been rewatching a lot of Comedy Bang Bang. It's just like the perfect show to throw on if I just want to throw something on. And uh, Paul F. Tompkins plays a recurring uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I think show. I saw one episode with you, yeah. Yeah, where his, his only costume is just that he wears a cape and a top hat and then just looks like Paul F. Tompkins. It's, it's great. Paul F. Tompkins, the MVP of everything he does. I saw You're the Worst. It's the best part of it, mm-hmm. easily. Just kind of becomes in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, man. Listen, I want to do a soundbite thing. Sure. Uh, every time I do it, I'm going to put like a little siren, okay? But we promised last week we would, we would, uh, we would, we would attempt and probably fail. I'm very stoned. I need to point that out. But I might should pause, go smoke some more, and then come back to do... <laughs> you want to be like way more stoned like stoned on a level where it'll like just get ridiculous i i'm just trying to see what happens you know i'm fucking like last time we did this it was because i had those nine edibles and they literally were all like womp 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 hitting me at the same time uh so plus i gotta do a recap so i think we're i think we're gonna do that i think we're gonna take a fiver and then we're gonna come right back in but my point is i'm gonna be like 
last time on Malibu Homicide. I'm going to play like a little in the edit. It's going to be awesome. All right. Anyway, we should have buried the lead. (laughs) My bad. Uh, so we were going to go right into Malibu homicide, but uh, what, what happened, we got some late breaking news and then Max told me the dumbest, I mean, the cutest idea I've ever heard in my life. I'm only saying that for comedic no. effect facts. <laughs> I don't think it's dumb at all. I I'm think it's actually metal as far. No, uh, it's, it's a good idea. Let's get into it. Uh, so you came to me, you're like, Christian, I'm thinking, uh, cause I was like, look, this is so much better when we're in the room, obviously. And he's like, come on right. over to Brooklyn. I'm like, Bubby, come out to LA. This is where the action is. I'm here. Uh, and then he, and then he was like, well, I'm thinking about actually buying some land and buying or like building a little tiny house. <laughs> and you said tiny house. And it like, it's unfair. Cause that's a real thing. There's a market for it and they're everywhere. There's a whole show on TLC about it. Tiny house. But it's adorable. Yeah, say it. Give me two more. Two more times. I'm just going to get a tiny house. <laughs> hey, what kind of house do you live in, man? Uh, it's just a tiny house. <laughs> and then for me, like Def Jam 90s comic, I would be like, how tiny is it? And every time I do that, you need to have a new fucking tiny like, riff. Not very, because like if I'm going to do a tiny house, like I still want to have some room. You know, like I was thinking like one of those shipping container houses, because I've been watching like a lot of YouTube vids on it and pricing them and stuff. Like this is something I've been interested in for few years because i don't want to uh, i was telling you i don't want to live the rest of my life renting you know it's like you you cut that expense out tiny houses are not that expensive relatively still get a lot of modern comforts but i'm right. one guy i don't need a lot of room you know right and you could still have someone over like there are couples who live in tiny houses like it's not yeah so you, you stack a couple of shipping containers that probably were used to smuggle in you know uh, immigrants uh, you, you put them together and you, you have a, you have a, a less a large house. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, so I, I agree with you with you're saying about, uh, <laughs> you have a less large house. Yeah. I understand. I'm going to your point, which is like, I bought a house and yeah, I like the idea of a mortgage being far cheaper than the rent I was paying. <laughs> Obviously that's cool. Right. My, yeah. uh, but, but then like you realize like, like the place we have now is much smaller than the house in Philly but I, yeah. I think I like it way more. Like, it's just that, like, I don't need all that space. You buy a house that's way too big. I've always been interested. Like, I always love, like, Blade Runner, bad example. But, like, a lot of sci-fi, they show you this really fucking sleek compartmentalization of housing and how everything is so fucking um, pristinely mapped out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think it's really cool. And I think you're just getting ahead of it. You've always been the fucking astronaut between the two of us, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Um, but no, like, <laughs> you're an intellectual <laughs> astronaut, man. <laughs> I was pricing out land also, and it's like land is is cheap, man. Like you can get some cheap land in places that you would not think uh, would be cheap, like Los Angeles. I was looking, um, and just like just doing a cursory search, you can get a few acres for like forty thousand bucks. How how much would the because those things kind of come right like you have to put them together but you can like get them assembled right those houses yeah, like a free prefab uh, t- tiny house um what, you can yeah. go for like you know it, it's a range of prices anywhere between like twenty thousand and a hundred thousand can go as high as like three hundred thousand if you want a really big fancy one. Yeah, dude, but think about that. For all in, and you'd be in LA with a cool fucking sleek ass house for, for like coming in at what you would buy a house in Philly for, like 140,000 tops. You could put that into a construction loan too. So it's like favorable for you. So, like, that's really cool. It's a smart idea, man. And, like, you know, I have stocks and everything, and like Amazon stock is just going up, up, up. So, you know, just throw that down as like a fucking down payment. And uh, I'm halfway there, you know? And I'm not paying rent for the rest of my life. So what is the timeline? I mean, do you mind if I say this on the podcast about plans well, that you may have discussed to me? Because we haven't really talked about like, it. Like at least just in time uh, for the next uh, major earthquake. Right. We'll come right after because then you're good for about 104 years. That's the, that's, the clip. You know, that's smart. That's been smart. And you know what? Land would probably be cheaper for a minute too, I'm, I'm guessing. Earthquake land? <laughs> yeah, because like this earthquake land, it's cursed, you know, because all like the, the ancient ghosts would be released from the earth and everything. Right. This is poltergeist rules, all right? Now yeah, things are coming yeah. up. <laughs> it's like, yes, cursed land. So we're just going to sell it, you know, cheap pennies on the dollar. Cursed you didn't land. move the bodies? <laughs> like, you start punching the real estate guy. <laughs> I, would, I would specialize in earthquake realty. That would be my deal. Like, you want a house that's been earthquake fucking riddled? No problem. Earthquakes here on a Sunday. Earthquakes here on a Monday. Earthquakes here 
Not on Tuesdays. It's the one day the earthquake respects. Wednesdays, earthquakes. Like oh my. <laughs> You're being honest. You're being a very honest real estate agent. <laughs> they call me Honest Dave. I'm an earthquake real estate agent. Uh, I don't I, sell that much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just, a successful man. I, I'm just being honest. I want you to know how honest I am. My wife is about to leave me. <laughs> My kids don't respect me. That's fine. Whatever. Like, I'm honest about it. I'm a it. failure in my children's eyes. But, you know, my therapist says if you own your shame, <laughs> then no one can own you. I don't know if that's accurate. And then my therapist said, pay me. And I said, I can't. Now I owe my therapist. So I don't come have on down. Get some earthquake <laughs> land. Better be on a Tuesday, though. <laughs> so it's the one day you can sign the paperwork. <laughs> Take a look. It's all fucked up, but what can I say? It's cheap. I think if he sells two of those a year, he's a champion, man. Like, you know? Yeah, he's, he's a fucking dynamo, man. <laughs> Carnegie couldn't have fucking sold that shit, man. That's incredible. <laughs> not not being that upfront. <laughs> he I would hire Carnegie was like a living, walking, breathing Mr. Burns, and then in his old, old age, he decided hey, give to become it like away. a fucking... <laughs> Yeah. philanthropist you know apparently he funded personally like 2100 public libraries like he yeah did. oh no no listen so my my cousin who the the the, the very well off one uh mm -hmm. i had that conversation with him because the weird thing about this is like i'm so impressed by the last five ten years of carnegie's life that i sort of overlook the horrific things he did the, the daniel Plainview fucking oil baron yeah just murdering let's, competitors yeah, let's with his bare hands piece people. of shit yeah <laughs> No, it's incredible. And so like, but I, but I'm always like, he was so rich and you know what? He's like, I, I do libraries. I do parks. I do fucking this, this and that. And I'm like, that's what the rich should do. Like, if you don't want to tell, if you don't want the government taking your money, you yeah. should give it to the right places without us doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. the ideal world of it. Um, but yeah, Carnegie, that's I mean, Carnegie, yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I think it's like one of those things where like, again, it's that a is real a redemption arc. Well, yeah, is he in hell? Oh, most certainly. Let's be completely sure. honest. But yeah, but he well, tried I mean, that, that's something interesting. Like redemption arcs have always been interesting to me. Um, like the two popes movie gets into this, and I do recommend that you check it out. It's uh, F Fernando Morales. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how you say his name. No, he's, he's yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's good. Constant gardener. It's about a guy that just never stopped gardening. It's pretty he's exciting. Always trimming the hedges. He's always planting the gedalias. I don't know if that's a flower. right. Like there's a conspiracy going on, but he's like, I got a garden. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have responsibilities. They pay me a wage. All right. <laughs> But no, uh, two popes, uh, I didn't know a lot about Pope Francis and it gets into like, he, he's from Argentina and like it, one of his great shames is that when he was like uh, some kind of church leader in Argentina with the Jesuits, um, he, he allowed like a military junta to like uh, capture and torture a lot of his fellow Jesuit priests, like the priests he was supposed to protect. And mm -hmm. uh, the rest of his life was about moving away from that conservatism and just like, uh, basically doing penance like every good act he ever did he saw as an act of penance you know like that's why he was out there washing the feet of the poor and washing muslims feet and stuff and like you know cooking food for the poor and like giving sermons out in public and shaking people's hands pope benedict he wasn't doing that shit he was like fuck that i eat alone man <laughs> uh do they have uh what's his face richard price is he playing Jonathan Price? Oh, Jonathan Price. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Price? Yeah, no, he's wonderful. He's great. He's, a he's playing Pope Francis? Yeah, he played Pope Francis. He did an, uh, an outstanding job. Convincing to me, to my American ears, Argentinian accent. I, but no, we, we've had this conversation a couple times. And I'm my point is this. If he goes in there and he put in the work and he's respectful about it, I don't necessarily see the problem with it. But you know what I'm saying? There's no, There's been no kerfuffle over it. I've heard no outrage about like, oh, they got a british man to play an argentinian right you know what i mean and, and like, i feel like it has at least some goodwill like it's directed by you know morellis um, right and he's like a practicing catholic as well like i think he earns some leeway i would hope tony hopkins yeah, would, does not even bother with a german accent by the way he just does a british accent <laughs> good good <laughs> and you don't mind it's great oh well, because at this point what has he got to fucking prove to any of you you know what i mean he's so like... old dude he's like an old little toad man yeah he's almost out of here bro and uh 
It's going to be okay, I think. Actually, he's the one who I'd be like, you've earned it. That'll do, pig. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That'll do, pig. Uh, speaking of redemptive arcs, though, redemptive arcs, right? Because those are really fascinating. I mean, you said the late breaking news as we cut. You're like, holy shit, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about it on this episode. This is amazing. Lethal Weapon 5 is happening, you said. With yes. like the whole crew, right? It's got um, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are returning for Lethal Weapon Five. Says producer is the headline that I just read from People.com. Wow, it's People. Let's see where that picks up. Oh, later. and Richard Donner's coming back. It's like all the all the heavy hitters. Can't believe Donner's probably not alive. Joe Pesci though. Wouldn't it be great if Joe Pesci came back for one more movie and it was Lethal Weapon Five? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it would kind of be a, a, like, like a Joe Pesci thing to do, man. Like, like uh, De Niro had to call him fifty times and get rejected fifty times to get him to work on Scorsese's The Irishman, but Mel Gibson right. calls him once and he's like, "I'm in." You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> He jumps right on it. I would love it. I mean, listen, like, why would he... Right on his moped. But why was he doing those movies to begin with? Like, the second one, sure, he played a wise guy who got double-crossed and he was bad. But then in the third and the fourth one, he's just, like, a funny dude. Who Like, why is he there? You're acting like Joe Pesci is, like... (laughs) Had standards. Has an unimpeachable record. He did Home Alone 1 and 2. The only he released question, a rap album. The only question that little Joey sure can't sing, by the way, because it's an album he put out. Uh, the only question he has is, does it pay? And then how much? Follow-up question. And then that determines whether he's doing it. And oftentimes, the second question doesn't really matter as much as the first one. If it yeah. pays anything, Joe Pesci's into it, man. Yeah. I mean, he just loves he loves that Pesci money, you know? Do you think that's like, much like Pope Francis, Pesci's like, it's my penance. I must pass on these amazing roles. I must, like, <laughs> never do another movie. Or do you think he's just fed up with he's, the world? I, I think he's just an old man, and he's cranky. Like, I, I saw a making-of documentary about Home Alone. It was, like, the movies that made us thing on right. Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen it, um, but I haven't watched that, yeah. And uh, I watched the Home Alone episode, and it was just talking about like they they filmed it all in like a uh, a high school that was like either abandoned or like was off for the season or whatever. Built sets in there on the cheap, and it was just talking about how like Joe Pesci literally at some point uh, found the producer and was so pissed off that he dragged him by his ear to the principal's office where Chris Columbus was, and like had a little sit down. He's like, "Listen up, you motherfucker," or whatever, you know. It was great. Apparently, he was a fucking terror to work with. The thing is, Joe Pesci is so talked to like Daniel Stern. (laughs) With Daniel Stern, (laughs) because he recognizes talent when he sees it. (laughs) I'm only going to do this fucking movie if Stern's in it, because Stern was the one who was difficult to get. Apparently, really, he was the holdout. (laughs) Yeah. I thought obviously you're just like no clearly Pesci was the big get of that like they were production. doing chemistry tests with other actors because they couldn't get Stern originally and like Pesci was just having a fucking fit every day because like they weren't Stern well, I mean listen let's be perfectly clear like that those are not great movies I mean like there are staples in my childhood though specifically the second one more than the first one oddly weird yeah it is weird but what I would say is that like comedically that duo is kind of wonderful i mean maybe as a kid i've not watched them in years like i want to be perfectly clear i mean just just the recurring yeah just the recurring gag that they're called the wet bandits and joe pesci is not about it and daniel stern (laughs) makes a point to flood every house they rob it's like it's a calling card we're the wet bandits it's like you idiot you're gonna get us caught like he doesn't want any part of it then the second one, he calls himself the Sticky Bandits because he, they're poor. And they're just out of the slammer, and he like puts tape on his gloves and just steals from like Salvation Army Santas and shit like that. Which fuck them. We've already been through that, but right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> the Pesh. Where's that documentary? I, I'm fine with him not doing another movie if he sits down for a candid like eight hour mini series where we go through every story that it's ever been told about him and he either confirms or denies. And, and, and most of the time... Like, yeah, that's true. Like, it just cuts to him sitting in a chair, like in his high chair or something. And add, like, somebody's like, telling, like, a detailed story, like, so I turned to Joe and Joe punched me right in the face. Cut to Joe. Uh, did that happen, Joe? Yeah, yeah, that happened. Cut back well, to somebody yeah, else telling so the story. He's not even giving additional context. Like, he's really not the one telling a story. He's just giving a nod or shaking his head while he's, like, checking his phone, smoking a cigar. I swear to God, listen, Joe will uh, – he, he paid for my cancer treatment, and he took my daughter in 
Joe, is that true? That shit never happened. <laughs> like people are trying to give him fucking. That answers. would never happen. Your daughter's a fucking nightmare, Eugene. I would never take her in. Eugene. <laughs> it's Levy. It's Levy. Come on. He's got like contemporaries. Oh. Man. Because Eugene Levy's like daughter, by all accounts, wonderful person. She's on Shit's Creek. It's like the nicest lady. Never. It's a facade. <laughs> Uh, Joe Pesci has a lot of strong opinions about the Levy family. <laughs> Weirdly. It didn't happen. He's just really adamant about it. Uh, yeah. You're going to get the truth from Pesci, if nothing else. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't uh, care about the lives he can ruin, the careers he could end with just a word. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my point is, like, he's a small, like, lovable tough guy, but, like, I do think he could break my knees. Like, and I don't know if that's mostly just from Goodfellas because he is genuinely kind of frightening. My, my cousin Vinny, like, there's that whole scene where, like, he fucking just, like, lays out a dude who's, like, twice as big as him. Right. Like, multiple times, actually. Yeah, Isn't that, but, like, a running gag? Yeah, but the rest of that movie is, like, a loony. Hey, where's my fucking money? Yeah, yeah. It's Looney Tunes. He's like, how about you go the fuck away, little man? And then he, like, fucking socks him right Hell in the yeah. dick. Joey Gallo. <laughs> Joey Gallo? <laughs> Sorry, this is just turning into Pesci cast, dude. Which, listen, I'm fine with the pivot if that's really you know, the pivot. We've been trying to come up with a name for our movie uh, podcasts, <laughs> Pesci casts. We would have to commit to only talking about Joe Pesci, though, <laughs> like, which I think there's enough material to support an entire podcast. There's 40 years of acting, not so much lately, yeah. but yeah, we well, got material. You can even talk about the music, talk about the rap song he did. Is it a good rap song? Is it like Robin Williams' Fern Gully rap, which is something? I think he's just... <laughs> <laughs> My name is Batty. He references Toys in the Attic. He references another movie he did which is weird man like yeah i mean he's a weird guy he's on a lot of cocaine (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's an example of when cocaine just makes you a sweeter guy like from all accounts at that time of robin williams's like career he was a really incredibly nice dude yeah i mean i've told this story before on this podcast on our uh i'm a hot dog i'm a genie podcast but my mom met him did an actor's workshop with him uh for like a full like couple of weeks or a month or something and right. she said he was coked out of his mind the whole time uh couldn't remember her name so he just called her the big l oh big l <laughs> yeah sorry oh i miss him so much what a, what a yeah. fucking what a treasure dude. yeah he was his mm. trash but lethal weapon five with the whole gang mel gibson redemption yeah. yeah well yeah his redemption continues you know I, I guess Oscar Mel Gibson is sort of like the 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 perfect sort of like barometer for how future Me Too shit is going to go. Like, how long does it take for us to forgive and forget? Right. And the answer is about you know ten to thirteen years. If he would have made Apocalypto, like in the interim, you think we would have forgiven him? For, yeah, like if Apocalypto was was pre fucking all the bad shit, you know what I mean? Like if he got on, he got into all that trouble, but then dropped an Apocalypto, <laughs> we would we would have been forced to recognize, man. Yeah, to bear witness. Bear witness. Oh well. Did you think of a bear witness just now? Like your eyes glazed over. Like well, no. Like I was, I was going through tabs in my computer, and I passed by like our where's my our last where's my burrito, where it was a bear fight in a bull. Oh, and I yeah. was like, what are the odds of the timing there? That's like glitch in the matrix shit. And I'm just closing out tabs, and I see a bear. It, fight uh, it happens. All right, let's close out this fucking show. We'll do a, uh, we'll do a, uh, we'll do our uh, little. Oh, yeah, we'll do. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, let me get into it. So last week on Malibu Homicide, mm-hmm. uh, it was a workaholic and professional wife fucker, Maxwell McCarty, Detective Max McCarty, comes into the precinct and lays a file at my feet. He's like, "Hey, man, we got a murder." Tells me right. And uh, also, I just want to say uh, up front, I'm sorry I didn't put that on your desk and I put it at your feet where you have to pick it up. It's my sciatica awkward, but I did it and I'm committing up. to the action. Yeah, the sciatica is acting up. That wasn't very kind and I appreciate that. Uh, That's why I, I did it. Because <sighs> you know, I thought it'd be funny. I want to make your life harder. Um, Can sorry. I continue? Can I continue with my recap? You can. 
All right. It's not, not a lot happened, actually. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, you, you told me about the, the, the murder of Mr. Peanut, and then I told you that I was unsure whether I was a local or federal cop. I told you I'd been drinking. You said, why are you drinking? I said, well, Cynthia mm-hmm. left me. And you're like, well, you were drinking before that. And then you're like, by the way, I saw Cynthia. You revealed that you fucked my wife. That was fun. Uh, you try to say that you had... Just, uh, I'm just trying to be honest. You know? no. I'm trying to live well, my life honestly. It was a New Year's resolution. Well, speaking know? of honesty, okay. Uh, you said you had pre-peanut relationships. Uh, Jeremy? No, you couldn't even say his name afterwards. Suspect. It's because I was too broken up. You know? Sure. It's a painful memory to sure. lose a peanut. And then What's we revealed we revealed that I actually have a peanut connection. My stepfather was a peanut. So this means something to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we basically trailed off to I was drunk. And <laughs> we, we <laughs> got to figure out who killed Mr. Peanut. It's amazing that the victim was not really the focus of the first episode at all. Oh, yeah. So I, I did some digging. And it turns out that Mr. Peanut's fine. Um, and it was all a big marketing scam for the Super Bowl. So, uh, oh. case closed. <laughs> Episode ends. <laughs> <laughs> <Siren>. <laughs> Malibu homicide. <laughs>